And welcome to the 51st episode of the In The House podcast, the official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd. The opinions I express on this show are my opinions alone, despite the fact that I work for Louisville City. Uh, Nothing that I say should be held in uh, any way to our team, our sponsors, or our affiliates. That's you're all gonna I've... forget to do that one show. There's gonna be that one show. You're gonna forget to do it, and they're just gonna. Fight and you. I'm gonna say something horribly inappropriate. It's <laughs> gonna be gonna miserable. Uh, we've got we've got a lot to cover tonight. The team's still not in tip top shape. Uh, we've got a road trip, so we got an away game that we're gonna yeah. talk about tonight. We have a academy signing this yeah. afternoon, which is exciting stuff for us to chit chat mm-hmm. about. But not only that, we also have ourselves another tremendous guest that I have, uh, you know, blackmailed into having on the show. Which <laughs> so is, sorry, it, it, it's super easy. Uh, but in order for us to really do justice talking to uh, such a good guest and covering such a wide variety of topics. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna need some some big shoulders. I'm gonna need somebody to carry this heavy load for me, and I can think of no one better suited to that job than my partner, my co-host, who tonight is coming to you live from a hot topic in Billings, Montana. Andy Frederick. Andy, welcome on, buddy. I'm not positive, yeah, but I think Billings, Montana, might be the only place that has a hot topic. It's, it's the last one. It's the last one. What's the? It's, it's like, like that blockbuster, blockbuster in yeah, Alaska. It's like there's one last holdout. What you have to did, admire, except that blockbuster is more awesome than hot topic. Did you get some? Uh, did you get some uh, black eye makeup? Some black eye makeup. I got some novelty weird, t-shirts. Some weird gauges for my ears. Okay. I got some great. Uh, my Chemical Romance posters. I found some used. Um, you, you, have you found any used Jinkos in this side? Uh, I store? was looking for them. They don't have them in my size, well, which is strange because they're so big. It's right. like a one size fits all thing. But um, wouldn't get the waist or the they length. Jinko shorts, which I found weird. Jorts? Jinko yeah. jorts? Yeah. I like it. It's like wearing two skirts on your legs. Outstanding. Um, Andy, we've got a pretty, pretty great guest tonight. We do. We have the director of operations. Now, is. Is it director? Is it pure director of operations? Is it director of soccer operations, stadium operations, team operations? <laughs> or are you just director of operations? The title is director of soccer operations, but you've kind of summed it up by all, all of that. definitions there. So, well, you've heard him speak, and now we're going to introduce him. This is Andrew Delalo, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Andrew, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, uh, what did he say to get you to do? So I'm always curious how this, he gets. We have this little agreement going on. He comes and he's the ringer for our trivia team. <laughs> well, yeah. And then he can somehow get us to come be guests on his, on his podcast. He knows a lot of stuff. I'll never say he's smart, but he does know. A lot That's of stuff. about right. I, I'm not bright, but I have a good memory. <laughs> so until he showed up last night, we were That's on true. the streak, and really? all of a sudden. I was the opposite of a ringer last night. It was not my strong suit. There were a lot of questions about Eddie Murphy movies, which is not my strength, about wine, which is not my strength, and it turns out, uh, also not my strength, Irish geography. Mm. Irish geography. I would have feared that was the one that you would be. That seems like it'd on be in one of, of my wheelhouses, but it's not. Uh, Andrew, you joined the club last year, uh, mid-season roughly, or sort of later in the season? I joined about one month after John Hackworth joined. Okay. So October 1st, 
My second day, we traveled on a 12-hour sleeper bus to uh, Toronto. Woof! So that was good. Yeah, yeah. that's that, that's yeah, a good start. The wolves, man. <laughs> and then uh, we're part of and around for the second championship. Had you been part of many championship teams prior to this? Had you uh, had you won anything of this scope before? Definitely not of this scope. Um, I've been part of your random club team or indoor team sort of championship. <laughs> uh, I mean. More, we, recent, more recently, a, we a will Cup get to that for uh, sure. I was actually about to ask, and then I was like, no, I should probably wait. But uh, no, this later. was definitely one of the biggest uh, accomplishments I've been a part of in yeah. terms of sports. So. Well, and clearly it was uh, it was a positive enough experience that you decided to stick it around for another year, which uh, everybody's really excited about. I will say uh, that in my day-to-day -day life at the, with the team, uh, Andrew is somebody that I have to lean on constantly. And so uh, it's, it's nice having him here and uh, being able to take advantage of him rather than taking yeah. advantage of him. Now, so are it's you nice. technically one of his 36 <laughs> bosses? Um, yeah, I mean, it's somewhere in there, I guess. <laughs> yeah? Maybe. I've, On a certain day of the week or month, and between 5 to 7 p.m., <laughs> he falls under my right. arm. But. I feel confident that he is one of the everybody that can tell me that I have to do something yeah. and that I will then go have to go do, do it. So. Do you just answer to everybody? There like, is an intern in the sales department that uh, is not allowed to tell me what to do. <laughs> and, I send, and I send that kid for coffee every <laughs> damn day. Uh, no, it's, it's, but it's really great work environment. And uh, Andrew, along with uh, my, one of my actual bosses, Mario Sanchez, are really the two biggest liaisons between the front office yeah. and the club. And that is a tough and thankless job because it's we're one organization and one team, but obviously the the, the players and the technical staff have a uh, different day-to-day -day experience yeah. than the front office has, and yep. so being able to sort of marry those two experiences is a thankless job. And I'm glad that uh, Andrew's in position to help with that process. So, yeah. welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Now, the first thing that we're going to really need for you to do is we need to know if we're going to talk about last week's game yeah. or if we're going to talk about next week's game. And in soccer, there's only one way to find out where you start, and that is with a coin toss. Okay. So, Andrew, if you could please toss and, the coin. What is heads giving? Heads would mean that we we're going to do a game preview first. Mm -hmm. Okay. And tails would mean that we're going to do a game review mm -hmm. first. Okay. So, are we going to be talking about Tampa? or Pittsburgh. Gotcha, here we go. Hey, it's a Tails. It is Tails. All right. Outstanding. All right. I like it's Tails. your favorite. I, I prefer Tails. So I, I actually have one of those men in black things and I actually wipe my memory clean of the Pittsburgh game, so. <laughs> so he's um, no well. recollection of Pittsburgh whatsoever. Well, I'll say, uh, obviously it was another uh, another tough game for the boys. Uh, we dropped one nothing. Um, if you think just in terms of how are they playing, the first thing that comes to mind is injuries um, because we're playing already without Brian Ownby, already without Paolo Del Piccolo, and uh, already without Sonny Jeanne. And so you're starting in sort of an eight ball behind it situation. Yeah. And then uh, within the first 25 minutes, we lose two more attacking players in this game in uh, both with both Luke Spencer and George Davis IV pulling up with and I don't have information about this, but with what appear to be hamstring injuries. Yeah. Yes. And Andrew's confirming they are, in fact, hamstring <laughs> do we injuries. Do know how long? I do not. Andrew, it, at you? It, it could be, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're hamstring strains. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it could be next week, 
I mean, obviously not this week, but it could be next week. It could be five it's, weeks. It's day to day, kind of. I mean, Ugh. it's the guys are rehabbing every single day. So yeah. I mean, well, this is where you got to trust Scott Ritter and the entire uh, the entire training and medical staff that they're getting the, the proper care they need to get back on the field as quickly as possible. I know that anybody who was paying attention to social medias today might have seen a, a picture of Brian Ownby still on crutches, which is not a uh, not an encouraging sign when it comes to Brian. Uh, I mean, and this isn't all to say that there are excuses because here's the thing, it's a professional soccer team, they're all professionals, and you got to go out and compete no matter what. But when you think you've got one squad and then it turns out less than – you know, a third of the way into the game, you have a different squad. Yeah. And it changes your tactical abilities of what you can do in terms of making substitutions later in the game because you've yeah. already burned some of those guys. It's a it's a tough situation to be in. I think the, one of the hardest parts is you train all week with a, a certain group. Mm -hmm. And even though guys on the bench might come off and know their role, they're not mentally prepared to play a 60, 70-minute slot where right. – you know the guys are training at a certain level at, at whatever I'm, position. I'm gonna have to come out there game. for 20 minutes, yeah. so I'm gonna have yeah. everything in the tank for 20 minutes, as opposed to sort of needing to pace that out over the course it's of way a match. more difficult to come into a game and and play 70 minutes than come in and with 20 minutes left and know your role is to protect a lead or score a goal yeah. versus now you're thrown right into it. You don't have a long warm up on the sideline, so how much did that affect his substitution plan? Like that. You know, like what would, who would have come in? Like, let's say G Ford and. I mean, if you look at like the previous five, games, like, I mean, Birmingham. I'm pretty sure George played 90. Yeah. So and Luke, I believe, played 90. Luke played 90 also. So you're expecting those guys to, even if they're not going to go the whole way, that these are guys that are going to be able to give you serious minutes, and especially when you consider that Abdu Jam, who would be the most natural replacement for. Uh, Luke in particular had started that game out as a wing, and so you're you're already you're already looking at a change in your substitution pattern from any previous weeks. It's it's brutal. Yeah. Uh, now let's take all the injury stuff off the table though, and talk about sort of the nitty gritty here. And the bottom line is they possessed the ball very well with uh, almost 60% of the possession. They passed the ball very well with almost 70% passing accuracy. They did not generate scoring opportunities at a promising clip and the two or three real chances on net were not taken particularly well. No, that did not feel, and several people said it at the game, that did not feel like what we are used to seeing Pittsburgh do. Okay. How so? To me. All right. They did not, I think a lot of people expected them to be more purely uh, defensive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there have been a lot of games in the past seasons where they did fall into that a mm -hmm. little bit more than they did this time. Like, a lot of people were surprised by it. Yeah, 60% possession in a game against Pittsburgh is not necessarily a huge amount of possession. We're used to, in lily ball games, sometimes seeing possession upwards of, you know, 70 73%, yeah. just because they're so willing to give you the ball. I thought they fought for the ball more than they usually do. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that maybe, and I just got done saying injuries weren't going to come into it, but I think maybe not having Paolo in the center of the field emboldened them a little bit to try to take advantage of the middle of the park and that means that you're going to have to have the ball a little more than usual uh 
you can't underestimate what it means to not have your captain, to not have a three-year starter, and really the metronome of our midfield, uh, the guy that sometimes he plays in attack, sometimes he plays in more of a traditional six role, but he's always in the middle of the field. He's always disrupting and creating, and right now we don't have that, and that means that you've got to play somebody like Nile there who is perhaps more naturally inclined to be going forward. And that means that Speedy's got to drop further back and that and he's maybe not inclined to want to do that because he's more of a distributor. It's it, it changes the entire dynamic of this team not having Paolo out there at 100% ready to help control a game, which he and Speedy have shown throughout the last three years that they are completely capable yeah. of doing from week to week. Uh, and I think that Pittsburgh noticed that and probably tried to take some advantage of it. Uh, Andrew, when you guys were in your preparation for the week, uh, was there a thought process that Pittsburgh might be more aggressive than they have been in the past, or was it, hey, let's get ready for the bunker of all bunkers? Yeah, I mean, I think the challenging part that we're seeing with Louisville City this year is a lot of teams are playing in a low block, and it's not an easy thing to break down. Yeah. So it's trying to find those gaps in between lines where they're they're playing with a one guy in front of a back five or one guy in front of a back four and trying to find pockets next to them but it's not easy for a team to break down a team that just sits with eight guys behind the ball and it's something that we'll have to figure out but it's definitely uh we're aware of it in preparation and mm-hmm. and to be fair with talking to you about Paulo, i mean he he might not be playing right now but if you see him in the locker room or at practice, he's trying to contribute in whatever way he can, whether it be filming the training session or speaking up in a film session in the locker room. And, and man, that's what you want from points. your captain. Exactly. Yeah. And, then, you know, we're, we're spoiled with, I mean, you know, forget all talk about the triumvirate and how great they were to sort of helping to steady the ship last year. Yeah. But having personalities like those guys to, that, that are on a team that are willing to take on leadership roles, no matter what that leadership role entails, uh, having guys like Paolo and Luke and George and frankly, Brian, to a large extent, just sort of bigger personality, too, mm-hmm. uh, that help steady a ship. And I, I hope that that's that that's not lost on the 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 fan base at large because man it's that's vital yeah uh so during run of play the 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 chance that's going to stand out is the speedy chance in front of the net uh that one is was i mean i don't think it was close it was the easiest or the best chance that we had for the entire game and uh, i'm thinking back over our career with speedy and head balls don't jump out to me as the thing that he excels at no. Uh, but you, you still you want to see somebody put that home from probably f- four yards out and uh, the ball put on his head. Now, he's running fast when he catches that. It's, you know, not, a, it's not a gimme. That's kind of what I told people is, like, when you watch that again, he's coming at that. I think it almost looked like it's a, the ball being where it was surprised him a little bit. Yeah. And he's, cause he's coming at it pretty fast, almost like he wasn't planning on that being the move. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's tough because, uh, and again, especially for somebody like Speedy, who's maybe not always at the very forefront of our attacks, uh, that you're going to get like three chances over six weeks. And then if you blow one of those, especially if it looks like that, then uh, you're going to catch a lot of heat for it when really that's not his role. Now, your role is to play well, and part of that is finishing when you have to finish. But 
he's not one of the first five guys I would think of, hey, if they get a free header in the box, yeah, we're no, going to get yeah, one. No. And uh, so, I mean, it didn't pan out. I, I loved Oscar. Now, I've been, I've been going back and forth about whether it was a pass or a shot, but Oscar had the one that sort of floated that from about 40, yeah. and it had some bend on it, and it could very well have been a back post pass. It could very well have been a, uh, I'm trying to catch this keeper napping shot. Either way, it was the only thing we put on frame all night. And uh, that was, and it may not have been on frame. I was standing right behind it when it happened. And uh, it, I think that if he hadn't got it, I think it would have gone off the post yeah. or off the bar. But uh, it was, it was close. Yeah, it was. Uh, and if you're talking about highlights too, I'm, I'm going to throw out Taylor's name because I don't know if you guys noticed it, but if you go back and look at almost every corner kick we defended, he pretty much cleared every ball out. Oh, yeah. And when he was... He was definitely a big impact in terms of this lily ball. Where mm-hmm. When they do lump balls forward, he was cutting a lot of that out. So you maybe didn't see a lot of the lily ball yeah. with him being there. So Yeah, I think he was a big body. I thought that he positioned himself well all game. It was great to see him get yeah. a start, get some real minutes. as the first extended action we gotten to see him play this year. And that was really exciting. Yeah, I think a lot of people had been wanting to see him play. A lot of people were anxious to see what he could do. And, you know, despite the fact that we lost the game, I don't think he disappointed at all. I think no. he played great. Well, like, I, he looked great out there. I mean. Minus one complete and utter brain fart from Alexi. I thought that the defense played completely great all night. Yeah. I thought that uh, they, they didn't get out on the break against us in any meaningful fashion. And a lot of that was Alexi cutting balls off. But mm-hmm. I thought by that same token, I mean, was Taylor cutting balls off, but I also thought that uh, Alexi's positioning was better than it had been previously. He wasn't getting, he wasn't sort of level with guys at midfield like he had been some of the right. previous games where you're going, God, I hope he can win a foot race if it yeah. comes to that. Uh, I thought uh, that they both played very well in the middle of that defense, and it's it's weird as a Lou City fan to talk about the middle of your defense and not be talking not about, talk Paco. about Paco. Yeah, it's just strange. I think when they walked out, everybody was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> What's happening right now?" And and we talked about it on this show that uh, you know he's he's an all USL defender two years in a row for a reason. He's played tremendously for this club, and beyond that, he is a personal favorite of this yeah, show. Absolutely. We love Paco, and uh, he hadn't played that well. That <laughs> it's just at some point you got to call a spade a spade. Yeah, absolutely, it I mean, doesn't mean we don't know that he can't play well because yeah. we know he can. But he hasn't been playing well, and so if coaches thought that uh, Taylor outplayed him in practice for this week and that he needed a minute to sort of get his brain right, mm-hmm. uh, you know, these are professional athletes, and they gotta they gotta execute. And if they're not executing on the field, I don't care what you did last year. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I I imagine that that's a tough pill to swallow for anybody who's used to playing at that level and being that dependable of a force in the middle yeah. of a defense, but. You know, it was the same way we felt last year when uh, Alexi took Tosh's spot in the lineup, where we love Sean Tosh, but Alexi just looks looked better. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's that's the nature of the beast, especially in second division soccer, where everybody's trying to show out as much as Everyone they can. Everyone wants to play. Everybody wants minutes. Not, only eleven guys can play. So. Yeah. It's maybe not the same as in, uh, say, you're playing in MLS and you're the fifteenth guy on the roster. You know you're the 15th guy on the roster, but you're collecting an MLS paycheck every week. You're going, you know, I can kind of live with maybe not playing this week. You know, maybe you find some, maybe you find something in that. I tend to think that pro athletes are going to be competitive regardless and want to play, but there are people out there who can accept that. I mean, but nobody can accept if you that talk at our about level. Competition, and you look at this group of guys like 
it's pretty impressive to watch them day in day out in a training session because yeah. every single thing from the warm up to whatever drill it is it's it's a competition and they all want to win and it might be a photo at the end of the at the end of the drill that they get to take for the <laughs> champions or it might be nothing but the bragging rights and the and the debate that happens from even if the ball was a half an inch out of bounds <laughs> is <laughs> pretty remarkable i mean i get i get thrown in sometimes and guys will come at me because i say it's out of bounds and i'm like well let's just relax for a second here because we're in practice (laughs) we're teammates this is all good so when it comes to wanting to play i mean these guys if you're on that second team or and you're not in that lineup for the week the second team they get in the huddle and they they know they got to give it their all but they also know the role they they know that they're getting those guys ready for the game. Yeah, and in the end, at the end of the day, especially, I mean, we're seeing it right now, you don't know if you're going to be on the first team next week if somebody goes down with an injury or if you just happen to play tremendously well. And so uh, it's, it's a fun thing to think about that you're, the team that you support competes like that. Yeah. Uh, it makes me feel good about the, our guys knowing that that's the mentality that they have and not sort of a – well, pro athlete, this is really cool. Yeah. All right. What time's dinner, guys? <laughs> are we are we in the good bus this week or is it the crap bus this week? No, you know. It's it's tough to it's tough to be around those guys sometimes because you really got to be on your game. I mean, I mean, if you're fooling around in practice, you hear it from those guys that are the main the main leaders. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely remarkable to be around because I've never seen a team that's holds this high of a standard in a training session, let alone, I hate to say this, but like when you walk in a locker room after a, a loss like Pittsburgh, like guys aren't playing music and, and hooting and hollering. I mean, it's it's definitely down, so. Well, and you see, you kind of like to hear that too. Yeah. I don't I don't want to think that these guys are, you know, like, eh, well, we lost, we'll get them next week, yeah, like probably. Yeah, like you take it as serious as they clearly do. Because yeah. the fan base, we know, oh, yeah. takes it that seriously. I mean, I know people who are literally depressed all week if the team loses, and that that's just how they take it all week. I actually heard the other day, too, it's not even just the team. It's it's the front office, too. Like, you walk oh, in there Monday morning, it's it's the same. Our, our post-mortem meetings on Monday morning after a loss are significantly less fun, less upbeat than uh, the, the meetings after a win. That's 100% sure. Everybody in there takes it personally about how this team performs, and that's I love I love that. Yeah. So, but that's all positives about the negative, and let's get just straight to the this is a negative, and there's no way of looking at it. What the hell was Alexi doing? The pass back, like I, the penalty, I don't care. I didn't have an angle on it to tell you if it's a penalty or not. I don't I don't care. I did watch it many a times, frame by frame. Yeah. I don't know if the USL is listening to this, but... Probably not. <laughs> I, I think you're fine. You can see uh, both Pittsburgh players actually run into each other. Okay. Um, almost like if you were to uh, poke something out. He, Lexi pokes the ball out between them, and they run into each other. Oh, oh Both falling God. over. Um, he, he definitely gets the ball first. They definitely run into each other. But... The opportunity was there for the refs to call the foul, and, and, the, and that's and unfortunately Nick, soccer. And Nico Brett take, took a perfectly good penalty. 
uh, got it over Ben. I thought he guessed right, and you hope you're going to come away with one of those. But I mean, that was a pretty ben good a, rocket. Ben got a piece of it, though, didn't it? It looked like, from our view, it looked like he got a little bit of a chunk of it. You got a long way to see over there. I didn't personally see him get a piece of it, I but uh, I, I also didn't watch it more than twice. I, I saw it live, I watched it once on replay, and then I was done with it. Um, all told, Though it's not about the penalty, you expect penalties to go in. It's not about that we gave up the penalty. Sometimes you're going to get bad calls. Sometimes you're going to make a mistake on the turf. I mean, I would have believed you if you'd told me that Alexi's foot had slipped while he was on our, our turf monster and he caught a, caught a little ankle. I don't, it doesn't matter. We're in that position because of the bad pass at midfield and no other reason. That was a terrible giveaway. Uh, just a, it looked like just a complete brain fart. Uh, I, didn't, I don't have any other way of phrasing it. It just looked like you lose concentration for a quarter of a second, you think you've, you've made a crisp pass and you haven't, and uh, they're off to the races. Three passes, a penalty, and a PK later, and it's over. And you know, going down one nil to Pittsburgh, especially with the offense that we were trying to play towards the end of that game, uh, it felt like three or four nil, yeah. and uh, that's that's never a fun way to play. You do get to see Paco up top, which uh, that's the second time we've seen that. So weird. Always, God, that was so weird to see. <laughs> and you're trying to you're trying to neutralize some of uh, Greenspan's height in the middle with uh, Paco being up there, but frankly. You know, playing long balls into the middle of the pitch didn't ever feel like it was a winning strategy. And so it's just, uh, you know, felt like banging your head into a wall for the last 20 minutes of that game. And that's that's the way these games go sometimes. Uh, you miss a little. I, I thought this game was tailor-made for Brian Ownby. I thought yeah, that we, we lacked speed to the edges in this game. Yeah. You're tailor-made for uh, Richard Ballard, who what, we hope is about to come back. What tailor-made for Brian Ownby? Hey, you always <laughs> want that for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it felt like the specific missing ingredient in this game where we weren't getting out wide, weren't getting to the corners Somebody before anybody. Somebody apart when they get that on that side yeah. somebody to pull that defense apart and we didn't really have it no. and uh, especially uh, once George came out who I think is so adept at making little pockets of space maybe yeah. not with his actual speed anymore but uh, with uh, just sort of understanding positioning in the game he frequently finds himself in pockets of space and uh, maybe that's not uh, Abdu's strength out on the wings yet and uh, I thought that Lucky looked promising for the couple of minutes or for the portions of the game that he was playing but never dangerous I thought that he looked like he was playing well but not threatening and so uh, all told I still I give my game ball the same as everybody else did I, I, th I have thought that all season Magnus Rasmussen has looked like the best player on the field for us and that's exciting for me because he's got he's got chops in the middle of the field and I feel like once we start creating some space for him to work you're going to see Ilya Illich type numbers from him this year. I think yeah. you're going to see double digit goals and assists from Magnus before the year's out if we can find a way to not let defenses collapse on him. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's exciting. I like seeing that. And uh, I am not, I am not currently sold on Abdu out wide, but we'll uh, we'll we'll take that under advisement and see what it looks like in a couple of weeks. I thought I, I thought I mean we we haven't shied away from it. We love how he looks as a nine. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. As a as a wing, it's maybe not perfect yet, but it doesn't mean it can't be. It wouldn't eventually. surprise me if it did, though. Yeah. If halfway through the season he was just playing wing all the time, I'd be like, I can see that. It, it's also just uh, you gotta see it 
different side of things where imagine getting into a situation where you don't you're not 100% comfortable with the system you're playing mm. and you're kind of bouncing between a 7 or an 11 and a 9 and you're learning different presses and mm. it's definitely hard I mean as an attacker you want to go forward but yeah. in our system and I'm sure a lot of people see it maybe not the uneducated soccer brain back. but when the ball goes out to center back and you got a guy pressing it's not normal sometimes for a forward to be the first line of defense yeah it's so that's something he's definitely getting used to in terms of defending so high up the field that um you know it takes energy out of you going forward and it's just another reason why i tend to feel that before we get to the end of this season we're going to have an eight game stretch somewhere in there where we win six and draw yeah. two or win you know win yeah, seven lose one and draw one something like that uh, where it clicks into space, into place for just a good stretch of the season and sort of rights the ship. Yeah. And we're not there right now. And uh, that's, it's, forget spoiled, forget, you know, uh, the expectation levels of our fan base. It's not normal for a team to always be really good. It's just not a normal thing. No. We're, we're not we're not friggin' Man City, and Man City four years ago wasn't Man City, and so that's you know it is what it is. This team is gonna go through phases of really good and really bad, and I think that the USL level of play has improved enough over the last two years that you don't quite have quite have the Richmond kickers on your uh, on your Ross on your right. schedule where you feel like well we're going to get right and win that one 6-1 right and then we'll figure out what to do about you know Nashville the week after yeah you, you got to have to grind through this season all year yeah. and it's I can't imagine it's going to be easy and I can't imagine it's going to be pretty I mean even if you look at the if you look at college basketball you know Duke has a has a uh, Fairleigh Dickinson every now and then where they yeah. kind of get things back together but this year in the Eastern Conference, it definitely feels like every single week you're at Tampa this week. I mean, that's definitely not going to be easy. And then the following week, I you know, all these teams are kind of just like in-conference teams where you have to grind and yep. they're yep. sitting in and they're trying to counterattack. So, but, you know, we'll get there. And I think that's a pretty great spot to uh, transition over to our game preview. And we're going to take an unprecedented step in this podcast. We happen to be so far away from additional purple stuff that oh I'm, God, going, yeah. I'm going to take a pause while we go and acquire some. And so you're going to have, uh, I'm going to put in 10 seconds of uh, pleasant filler music there you go. upon editing yeah. this. But I do, while we uh, go to collect that, I do want to say thank you to our hosts tonight at Goodwood. Uh, they are a uh, lovely establishment. We're enjoying some tasty beers, and uh, they've put us into a, a pretty freaking cool back room yeah, to record tonight. They have, a, they have a jazz trio out there playing, and I thought, this might not work. And they're like, oh, no, we've got a special venue for you. And so uh, thanks to Goodwood. But uh, we are going to take a very brief pause, enjoy whatever music I end up selecting to play right here while we collect another delicious beer. Hello, this is Evan Floyd breaking into our regularly scheduled programming while Andy, Andrew, and I go and get drinks at Goodwood. Unfortunately, the music that I promised and will be talking about again here in just a few moments will not be forthcoming, and that is because I am a technological moron and I don't know how to do it. I will, however, be willing to hum you a few bars of Kiss from a Rose by Seal. 
You're all very welcome. Now, back to regularly scheduled programming. And welcome back. With purple stuff in tow, we are ready to tackle our game preview. I hope you enjoyed whatever I played. Did I play something good? Probably. Awesome. <laughs> I feel like it was hold on to the night. Uh, hold on to the night? It might have been. I'm not could positive. Have been live jazz out there. It could have it been could some have been live jazz. jazz. It yeah. may have been Kiss from a Rose. It should always be Kiss from a Rose. We're, we're big Seal fans on the In the House podcast. Um, or it could have been The Climb by Miley yes. Cyrus, which is uh, the victory song for... Uh, Trivia Night. Trivia Night. So. What? <laughs> It's it a wasn't cl- my it's choice. A, it's a banger. It's a classic. Is it Andy. though? <laughs> we happened to win, and the guy played the climb. And now, when we win, we have to play the climb. <laughs> I I don't want to come to trivia. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, frankly, I've played trivia with you. You're good. Um, let's see. Okay. Game preview. We're talking about Tampa. Uh, that is the Rowdies. We're playing them Saturday night at 7:30. You'll be able to watch it on uh, WBKI uh, on. Uh, yeah, Saturday night at 7.30. Yep. There will be a watch party. The official watch party is at Saints this yeah. weekend. And uh, there will also be watch parties at many houses and other fine bars. But yep. the official one is at Saints, which means I will be at Saints. Yep. So if you uh, have any inkling in watching a uh, professional soccer game with Evan, Saints is the way to I'm do it. I'm surprised. A, I'm surprised anybody wants to do anything with you. <laughs> I am too. Consistently. Saints is a great great place to watch this game. It really is. Yeah. Uh, Saints is an awesome place to watch soccer. They do it upright and uh, it should be, should be, until late Saturday night, it should be nice is my understanding. Yeah, it will that, be. And, uh, okay, so all cards on the table, Saturday's Thunder. So, you know, there'll be people who we think that they need to be wherever they need to be for Thunder yeah. rather than at Saints, but I'll tell you this. The good stuff at Thunder doesn't start until after nine anyway, so come watch the game, and then go uh, go see your fireworks afterwards. The game would just warm you up for the fireworks. Exactly. exactly. In fact, I have a hunch there will be fireworks in this game. <laughs> oh, come on. Boo. I know. I know. It wasn't great. Uh, all right, so we're playing Tampa. Tampa currently sitting in second place in the division in the uh, conference, while we are sitting in ninth place in the conference. Ugh. It is still so unbelievably early in the season, though, that uh, a loss or a win can move you so far up or down the standings in any given week that the standings are essentially meaningless at this point. But what we know from Tampa being in second is that they have uh, played four games. No, they've played five, and they are – no, they've played four games, and they are three wins and one – no, four – shit. It's all gone now. Sorry, they have two. I can look it up. No, they have. Uh, right they've played five. They have three wins and they have two draws, and uh, it's it's interesting because they beat the living snot out of Hartford, and yeah. that's a that's that's expected, ish, yeah. uh, and they uh, also got a win against. Uh, you know, it's all gone now, man. Gone. The, the, everything right. that I thought I knew. No, they got a draw against Loudon, though, is why it was interesting to me. It's because, yeah, they, it was a 0-0 draw against Loudon, followed by the destruction of Hartford and preceded by a draw against St. Louis. So that means that they've played, and they also beat Pittsburgh, who we just lost to. Yeah. And so uh, what you're looking at here is a team that has played good teams well and bad teams well. 
and one bad team they played poorly against at home too. That was a at Al Lang Stadium in Tampa that they drew against Loudon, and that is a that's a surprise they result. They did play three expansion teams: Memphis, Loudon, and Hartford. Yeah. yeah. So. And you would expect though that Pittsburgh and St. Louis would be. Uh, both of those should be teams that matter towards the end of the year. You're probably talking about playoff teams with each of those. Yeah. And they got to draw and a win against those two teams. And so it's hard to really make too big of a judgment against Tampa. The, the historical book on the Rowdies is that, man, they assemble a lot of talent. And, wow, they find weird ways to blow it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's been our experience with them in the USL. Is that uh, they have unbelievable rosters that then usually underperform. Uh, this year, I think that they've scaled back a little bit on the the amount of amazing for mm-hmm. the roster, but it still it still looks good on paper. Uh, and I have not watched a game of theirs this year, so I don't have a true opinion about how they look beyond saying that I am always terrified of Leo Fernandez. That guy is a talent. Uh, and it seems to me like every time I watch Tampa play, Leo does something incredible mm-hmm. and uh, always looks dangerous. Yeah. And so I always want to have my eye on where he's going to be. Mm-hmm. And as we like to do, we highlight former Lou City players, and they have a crowd favorite and Tarek Morad playing on yep. their back line. And uh, after that, you'll notice some absences from previous years. I mean, big, big names like Joe Cole are gone. Uh, and they've been replaced with guys who are familiar names, like Brandon Allen is now the striker for Tampa, and we've seen him play all yep. over the USL, and wherever he goes, he scores goals. Who's their keeper? Uh, their keeper is, is it Northrop? Is he playing? No, I think it's uh, McCarthy is getting the starts for uh, Tampa, and he is a, yep. he is a solid goalkeeper. Yep. Uh, I, I always think unremarkable. I, I think he's just a guy that you trust to do the job properly. I don't ever expect him to make the circus saves. Right. But I do expect him to not make big mistakes and cost right. his team games. And so uh, for me, this is a team going on the road. We're banged the hell up. We're going to have a short roster. We're going to have a rough it's going to be rough. I, I, I'm not saying we lose. I'm not saying we draw. I'm not saying we win. I'm just saying that it's going to be a it's it's a tall order to expect the lads to go down there and find three points. Yeah. I mean, you're viewing it as rough, and I might be viewing it as I'm actually excited for the trip. Well, you're I, going to Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going to have an opportunity. There's going to be guys on this team that haven't had an opportunity yet this season, and they're going to have an opportunity this week. And it's going to be exciting because – you never know. It could be. Turns out this is the best combination of players, and we had no way of knowing yeah. until forced into it now. Exactly. Yeah, and it, it could yeah. be the other way around, but you, I mean, I like to look positive, and, and you could have. I mean, there's a couple guys that haven't played a minute this year Jeff D, Napo. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I mean, Pat's played a little bit. Yeah, minimally. But there's guys on the roster now that are. Could very well be as, vital in this game. And I mean, that's exciting to me because. You never know when you might need them later in the year. Mm-hmm. Or if they prove themselves this week, yeah. they might be a staple. You don't know. It well, should be noted that Pat looks like he's growing his hair back out. Which is dangerous which could for could be everybody. like Samson growing his hair back out, right? Like, <laughs> I, Pat I, may I or may not have a, currently have a Fu Manchu Ooh, facial hair. Got it. He's got it out. I say unleash him. If Hackworth asks what my opinion is, he won't. But if he does... <laughs> That's my opinion. You say let let loose the man bun? Let loose the man bun. 
man bun with the cry havoc. I love it. Cry, <laughs> cry havoc and unleash the hounds of foo. Uh, exactly. Um, no, I mean, and I love that. And I love the idea of getting to see guys that we haven't seen play yet. Uh, I will say that my assessment is coming from a place of what we are used to seeing for Lou City. And if we're going to be successful this week, it will be with stuff that I haven't seen. And so it's that's that's where my assessment comes from. Is uh, I don't mean that we can't be, just that it will be playing most likely a brand of soccer and with names that I'm not used to seeing do well in these situations, but just because we haven't seen it. Uh, one thing I'm super excited about is the, I won't say likelihood, but I've heard rumors, rumors of something that Andy and I have been pushing for since the offseason, basically since Alexi uh, Swahi took his spot, that uh, Sean Tosh may get a chance to demonstrate his skills as a six which is uh, something that we have long wanted to be able to see. Now, maybe he doesn't start there. Maybe he comes in as the super sub in that role again. But uh, that it seems likely that if we play that uh, you'll see Tosh in a midfield role more likely than out wide is the way it's feeling right now, uh, the way the wind is blowing. And I would love to see that because yeah, I, absolutely. I to this day feel like, man, if I'm a if I'm a striker or a number ten, I do not want to have to first go through the bulldog that is the Hulk, and then no, and then have his, to come up against the trees you know, of Paco and Alexi yeah, and it's Taylor. His, it's his physicality that has always made us think that that's that would be such an effective position for him mm-hmm. because when you watch him play, there's no muscling out. Of Sean Tosh, like that just doesn't happen. Yeah, you have to beat him to beat him. You don't get yeah, to. You don't just gonna, get to go it's through. Not gonna, that's not, you're not going to win that physical match. Definitely an enforcer, that's for sure. And so I think I've always thought it'd be fun there. And I think that maybe the thing that he's done best in a season that's been a little uneven for him. He's had highs and he's had lows. But I thought some of his distribution has been the best that we've seen from him. Uh, in particular, talking about uh, the assist that he had to Magnus. Uh, that was a beautiful ball that he played in. That was in the. Birmingham game and then also I've thought that some of the outlets he's thrown have been have looked pretty good to me and so uh, maybe maybe you remember correctly last year I think he subbed in every playoff game as the closer and yeah. exactly played the last uh, which 12 is, minutes at the six which is why we've pushed for this as something that we like we would be excited to see him get a uh, an everyday chance at it and with Paolo out and with maybe a uh, unusual core of uh, wings slash midfielders playing in this game, that maybe he gets gets this chance. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, if he gets it, I, I have a weird hunch that he's just not gonna not gonna let it loose. That you may end up seeing him there, just just like what, how we're feeling with Magnus at that sort of ten spot, where yeah. maybe we didn't think coming into the year that that's where he would be and be able to just clamp on it. But now, how do you take him out of that role? Yeah. And I'd love to see uh, Hulk do the same thing with yeah, the with know. the six spot because if you could just say we're going to play a diamond and have uh, Maggie at the top and Hulk at the back of that for the rest of the season and then plug and play the rest, man, you feel a lot better about your entire team when you know what the middle of your field is going to look like. Yeah, absolutely. But he's got to take it though because if he has one of those games where he sort of mentally checks out or a game where he floats out of position for whatever reason, then uh, then he's not going to get to hold that spot either. That so. sixth roll is not very easy. It's I mean, it takes a lot of discipline to, to not go forward, especially with the style of play we have where we're possessing the ball and mm-hmm. putting numbers forward. You've got to be disciplined enough to be aware of a counterattack if it is coming, and a lot of teams are playing for that counterattack. So. And uh, Tosh is... 
as he told us anyway, mm -hmm. one of the faster guys on the team when it comes to a straight line sprint that maybe he'd be able to use that to his advantage in that role. But uh, also in a six, man, you're hoping you're not seeing guys sprint back. A lot you're of hoping guys they keep it in front of you. They're pretty fast on this team, though. They all do. They talk to us there's, about. There's got to be some way to settle this. Well, once and for all, do a charity event. Okay. I'm listening. Right? I'm listening. This? this is me just spitballing. Okay. Let's settle it. Settle it now. Everybody. Well, the I common consensus is Brian Ovi, fastest player on the team. One would hope. If he's not, I don't now, know. Now after to tell you. that, there's a lot of guys that. Well, I think I feel like you would have to take Ombi out of it. Like it's not even fair. Like the assumption would be that Ombi would just beat everybody. You right? see, you we say that, and then maybe you get out there, and it turns out, man, you know, Lucky can can run him down. We don't know. There's got to be some we way to know. turn that into like a community outreach charity fundraiser kind of thing. I'd like right? back in college when I played at Davidson, they we had a ranking system: A class, B class, C class. And the seniors would make the classes. And the only way you could move up is that you had to challenge someone in the class above you to move up in a system where you could see who was faster than you. And how long was and maybe the, this should be instituted here because how long was the run? I want to know. The run that. was eighty yards. Eighty? Eighty yards. That's see, a good that's a that's a real I mean that's a that's real a run. Right there, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. had to really open it up. So the guy that wasn't fast off the start, for instance, myself with the long legs, <laughs> you know, you could catch him later on. There's nothing wrong with having a lot of legs. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for both of you. <laughs> um, for, for all of the short, stocky-legged guys yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, no, I'd, I'd love to watch that. Here's the thing. you guarantee. I guarantee you're right. We could make a lot of money for some charity if we could talk Absolutely them into doing that. Absolutely. But here's could. the thing. Are you kidding me? Here's the thing. One guy tweaks a hammy in that event, and Hackworth would kill us both. Like, uh, whose idea was this? Wait, wait, who's? Andrews. <laughs> it was absolutely Andrews. He's the idea. director of soccer operations for crazy. Come on, he's got the board in his office. Um, I would, I would be interested to see that because I'd kind of like to see Abdu at full flight. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see once uh, Sonny got the legs pumping how yeah. quick he could do it. Uh, but this was last year that Sean said that he got the number two slot behind Brian when they had a uh, unofficial uh, oh, wow. a sprint championship towards the beginning of the year. Uh, the only other thing that he was willing to divulge about the entirety of that event was that uh, Niall came in last. That was it. That was the only other thing he was willing okay. to say. That's that, very, and that was like, we were both surprised. We were like, how? How did <laughs> Niall McCabe come in last? It's, uh, I, I have no opinion on the subject. Uh, all right, Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa Bay. Um, no, I think that we're likely to see a different lineup than we've ever seen before by both injury and performance. I think that that lineup, Andrew's right, could end up being something really good and inject some new blood yeah. and give some guys some confidence that didn't already have some confidence. I think that, man, I would really like it if we had this kind of game against a uh, Memphis uh, where we maybe got to run out some guys that weren't in a game that uh, was I won't say lower stakes because they all play the same in the standings but uh, where you'd feel better about hey we should probably come out of here with a draw anyway even if things go badly we should be able to find a way to some snatch of these a draw. guys did play against Memphis in preseason so. they did I was one of, I was the only spectator other than uh, Cameron Lancaster I was the only <laughs> spectator of that game uh, and uh, they played very well against Memphis. Uh, frankly, I thought the second unit might have played better than the first unit did against Memphis. But, huh. yeah. 
Uh, I'm sworn to secrecy about everything else about that game, though. So. Um, no, I'm excited to watch them play. I think I'm excited to not have a home game this week, which is the weirdest feeling in the world. Well, yeah, I used to, you, now you have to like work and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I used to I used to die on on road weeks where it was like, well, what are we gonna do on Saturday? <laughs> and now I am really kind of excited about a road game. So uh, it's because you don't have to stress out about the timeline or anything. The timeline, the field boards, my pod. I'm really I'm really excited about having a week are off after three home games in a row. At Saints, are you gonna like cut people in line for drinks? But like, I'm sorry, I work for the club. I need to get. No, I'm not gonna do that. But I will be sitting there with my phone and marking off if the commercials are right and uh, if they put the right graphics yeah. up so on the board. Still be working. Yeah, but not nearly as hard. <laughs> and if I miss it, I can just go back and watch it again later. That's fair. Um, so no, it's 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 exciting that we're gonna have a road game. I like that they're going to Tampa. It's always a fun. I always think that we play fun games against Tampa. Uh, for one thing, they generally are a little bit like us and that they're a little swashbuckling, that yeah. they want to go out and score, they want to play with you, and they're unlikely to bunker like the other teams that we've seen throughout this season and like we're likely to continue to see throughout yeah. the season. And so this game might be a little more open and free-flowing. You might get... Uh, it's might a good get, vibe there, too. Is definitely, there? They definitely have a, a good setting. I mean, the stadium's right downtown. They have, a, they have a decent supporter section. Uh, I think it's I think it's Ralph's mob. Okay, uh, I think that is it. They uh, uh, yeah they have a they have a decent showing at games and it's a good environment so I think the guys will definitely get up for it. I mean it's, it's St. Petersburg, Florida. It's right on the water. You know, might are you guys gonna have a beach day? Uh, probably not. No beach day. All right, I get it. That's a shame because it's like one of the only good parts of Florida. Is <laughs> the actually, uh, I actually lived in St. Pete. Uh, I lived about two two miles from the stadium. Oh, nice. Um, when I lived down in Florida, and uh, the beach is actually about twenty minutes from downtown. So yeah, yeah, it would be tough to get out there, but it's definitely uh, the downtown area. Is, it's real nice, and there's a lot of yeah. I've been to St. Pete. I lived in Florida for about a year. I lived in Orlando. Okay. And one of our very dearest friends lives in St. Pete and is the owner of yeah. Bamboo, the eco salon. Yeah. So if anybody needs a uh, an environmentally friendly haircut okay. while they're down Go there, see Chris Kiss, man. Chris Kiss will take care of your hair. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we we love you, Chris. Um, Andy, you got a prediction for this game? I do. I was worried he didn't there for a minute. I was going to be like, man, that's like two minutes of airtime that we're going to yeah, have to I fill. I do. I do. Um, 3-2. Us. 3-2 Louisville City. I hope we don't give up two goals. Okay. <laughs> well, I know I, like, nobody hopes win. to give up goals, but like you ask for a prediction, and you all can't make it. I can make a prediction, though. You all can't. Okay. I don't know that fair. he can't. That's that's his business. I um, would prefer not to. Yeah. I, I'd keep my prediction on a... On a closed, uh, private... You all, you all have to stay professional. I don't have to fucking be professional. I, I, I used to always make a prediction here now, and since yeah, I was no. hired, I no longer make predictions about how we're going to perform. I just sort of give what my keys to the game are, and my keys to this game do not relate to uh, what they usually have been. Usually I, I say, you know, we need to defend the counter better and we need to finish better. Uh, and that's been sort of a common theme for this year. I'm not as worried about the counter this week. I thought that the defense snuffed that out last week and that it's maybe not Tampa's M.O. quite as much as some of the other teams we've played. And so uh, while I do still feel like we need to finish better, I do. I think uh, uh, 
creating space is going to be number one to me because without Ownby in the lineup last week, it felt very suffocated. Now, Pittsburgh's good at that in general, but it felt very suffocated in the middle, especially in the final third. Yeah. And uh, we need to find a way to make them respect respect us out wide and sort of draw some players out. And uh, I hope that we manage that, and I feel good that we should. So that's yeah. nice. uh, who, who you got for one of your three goals? Just one. One of your three goals. So besides the obvious that you hope for. Sure. Have you explained to Oscar? I have not. So uh, Andy has made predictions for 51 episodes about how we were going to be doing. And in, I'd say, 37 of them, Mm -hmm. he has predicted that Paco will score a goal on a uh, corner kick from delivery from Oscar. Okay. And so we have a charitable contribution this year of $25 to the charity of Oscar's Choice, which is his school, uh, his former uh, high school in California that uh, for their hot lunch program for, uh, for at-risk children, mm-hmm. and uh, that we're contributing $25 each to that for every From Oscar to Paco goal this year. Okay. Yeah. So he always predicts that. So outside of From Oscar to Paco. Outside of that. Because this, I love seeing how, what he comes up with here because it not yeah. only... The best part, actually, is the fact that he does the triple hair pushback with well, the push yeah. to the side. Well, I mean... You got to get three ready. Three goals, three pushbacks, right? <laughs> yeah. You got it. Don't, don't ruin my system. <laughs> but I, love, I love asking Andy who's going to score because it presupposes, A, that you can figure out who's going to score, which is difficult enough. Yeah. But also, it presupposes somewhat that you can figure out who's going to play. Yeah. Because, especially for this week... I, I don't know what the lineup will look like, and uh, so I think um, I think we're gonna get something from Lucky. Okay, you got Honestly, a Lucky goal. I do. Lucky did play for the Rowdies at one point. I like watching. Nice. I like watching Lucky play. I like watching him play, and I think we're progressing to where you would say that he was due for. And you would think, given our dearth of attacking options right now, you would expect uh, Lucky to probably get and, some run. And for I this think game. it's just going to be in run of play. Okay. I think it's, uh, yeah, that's my that's my half volley, rocket shot, thunder bastard, yeah. and maybe head like ball. What do you got? Seconds into the game, <laughs> right before we're done singing. Right. <laughs> that would be really nice. That will forever stick out in my head because it happened while we were singing my old Kentucky home. Right in front of it us. It happened in front of Scouse's house, and like, so you get halfway through my old Kentucky home, and it's like, what, what just happened? Are we behind one nothing? We what haven't finished ha- singing they just yet. Scored? Yeah, <laughs> it was so weird. Okay, so 3-2. Man, I'm hopeful that both you and Andrew are right. You being right that we win, and Andrew being right that we don't give up two goals. Uh, All right. Game previews and reviews out of the way. That was good. I agree. Those were good game previews. I was pleased. All right, so let's let's move now directly on to interviewing Andrew. Yeah. I think there's time for us to get to know you better. Okay. All right, Andrew. How did you get here? How are you in Louisville? What what uh, what in your life do you think was the most indicative of you ending up in Louisville right now? Uh, it's got to be meeting John Hackworth. Okay. Uh, I worked with him at U.S. Soccer for about you could probably say three years. Okay. I actually started out as a tutor for the U17 national team. All right. And oh. I actually tutored his son uh, in algebra. For nice. A while. 
and uh, right. got into this role by basically just playing pickup soccer with you look like a math guy all the staff <laughs> um, and then started tutoring uh, back to the 98 class so guys okay know, like some of the guys in that class were like Weston McKinney yeah some and, pretty good yeah, players so, on that in that group um, some guys you might be familiar with Hackworth came in starting with the 2000 class and um, I just kind of started getting into this team administration thing and uh, someone had left the program in residency and then I kind of assumed that position as the team admin there and me and this other guy, Brian Allen, and then um, yeah, I traveled the world with him for a while. I mean, that's awesome. We kind of awesome. built up uh, that, that group for the 2000s and we went everywhere from Jamaica to Panama to we went to Mexico, we went to Dubai, we went to India twice, we went Jeez. to Turkey. I used to summer in Dubai, no, but, but they, they changed chefs. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, I kind of went through a ton of crazy experiences where you're showing up to, I mean, I have a lot of experiences from India with him where even when we left the U-17 World Cup, we were sitting next to each other on the plane and it was just like, I hope I never have to come back here. <laughs> I mean, you're getting sick from the food, your yeah. air conditioning is cutting out, and it's crazy, but yeah, so I did that for about two and a half years, three years, and then um, this past summer, I actually moved to LA and continued working for US Soccer, and we were actually gonna, we were traveling to Costa Rica, and mm -hmm. the day before we left, he gave me a phone call and said, hey, uh, I'm taking a job at Louisville. Uh, it's gonna come out tomorrow, at, five o'clock and uh, I need you to tell all the players on the team and and then he, he kind of had told me previously kind of just saying you know if I ever get a chance to bring you wherever I go you know I'd love to take you along with me and just by chance Brandon Morris actually left to go to New Mexico shortly uh -huh. after yeah. he came in and I got the phone call and he said I got a role for you and took about maybe three weeks for me to finally say, I, I guess gonna, I'll come to Louisville. And then, then I was going to say, that's got to be a tough choice, leaving the, the LA, men's national uh, team program in Los Angeles yeah. to come to Louisville, Kentucky for a USL squad. For sure. Um, but I was ready for to kind of be part of a team and, mm -hmm. and look at the bigger picture. I mean, I was looking at, I was going kind of camp to camp and there was never real, like, I developed a lot with, this, with the group I was with, but I definitely was looking for more of a stable position. I got that. That makes sense. So uh, I got the phone call and I actually flew out here. I was on a trip from uh, with the U18s in Czech Republic and I flew back straight from Czech to, to Louisville, Kentucky, Kentucky. And saw the Toronto game last year. Ugh. That Ugh. was, my, uh, that was uh, my recruiting visit. That was the indoctrination into yeah. Louisville City. But to give him credit, he did take me to Butchertown Grocery. and, and That, that goes, that goes a lot further. That does go a long way. So yeah. He made me order the 95-day uh, the 90, mm -hmm. steak. Oh, and, yeah. Well, and, yeah. Uh, then I went and saw the Toronto game. And, and uh, yeah, we all know what happened there. And, Not ideal. But, but uh, it, it showed you that there was work to be done. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's how I got what here. What a good spin. Yeah. That was great. It's ironic because the same thing happened when I took my official visit. Uh, I went to Davidson College um, and played soccer there. And I went there and they scored the goal at my official visit in the first 45 seconds against UNC Charlotte. Eey. I'm like, oh, wow. This is, this yeah. is cool. Yeah. yeah. And then... 
20 minutes later, they were down 3-1, and they ended oh. up losing the game 4-1. So I have bad luck on, uh, on visits, but... So we're going to have to make sure that you... Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> Visit our enemies, right? Yeah. Um, Go to all of them. Go. So you, you mentioned that you, you played at Davidson, and uh, before we talk about your soccer career, we'll ask the only question that matters to anybody about anything for Davidson. Did you, were you there at the same time as Steph Curry? There was a semester overlap. Actually, okay. During the uh, NBA lockout. And did you t- did you tutor him in uh, algebra? I did not. Okay. He, I don't think he needed my help. To be honest. <laughs> he did all right. He yeah. ended up making. Uh, I don't Steph know. Steph Curry's he... a math guy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's weird. Okay. All right. So you played at Davidson. Um, really successful career. Ended up as the captain of the squad. Is that correct? Senior year. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a successful career. Um, what position? I was the nine. All right. Yeah. And I thought you wore number 10. Why is that? Because I saw a picture of you wearing a number 10. I did wear number 10. Okay. Uh, you're right. I all thought, right. I thought you meant positionally. I played up top. I was right. going to say, all right, so you were wearing the 10, playing the 9. That's just confusing as hell. Kind of like a false 9. I came okay. into the midfield. I got you. And uh, do you, off the top of your head, know how many goals you scored in your career at Davidson? I don't. Um, How cool would it be if I had known and had been able to tell? I kind of expected that's I, where you were going because with of it, it, frankly. If you count spring games and you count. Sure. So, but I, you put in a few. Senior year, I think I had five. I, I, I scored, I think, four in the first six games. Oh, so you got off to a blistering start. So you had stars. a streak and then like a... And then I uh, took an ankle injury. And, and then I was kind of subjected to winning, scoring goals off head, my head. So. Okay. Well, you're uh, you're six three, so I mean that's yeah. that's a reasonable uh, thought process, though, is to play the ball high to you. Correct. So I'm I'm ashamed we didn't do more of that this past weekend. That we didn't give you a chance <laughs> to show that. Tough to on those on, on those that caliber of goalkeeper, especially our own. Oh so. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Come All right, we'll, we'll get to World Cup still in a minute. I'm saving it for purple stuff. Just get it uh, over with. No, we're not going to. I'm teasing the lead. The only reason anybody's tuned in this week is they want to hear about the World oh, Cup. Um, no, the, uh, so the other thing I want to know about Davidson is if we had the materials for you, could you make us a badass milkshake? Oh, you've heard, I guess. <laughs> this is what? interesting. All right, so explain to me why I would think that you might be able to make me a delicious milkshake. So, wow, this is a great story. I don't, I don't, did you hear this from somebody else? I, I can't reveal my sources. Okay, I'm thinking it's probably Ben Holzman. <laughs> I can't reveal my sources. Yeah, so, total, I mean, no, no, nothing against Davidson here, but you know, not a lot of late night options there for food. Okay. Uh, and the businessman and myself uh, actually started a milkshake business with uh, Ryan Malden and Brian McGew. <laughs> okay. We were called Simple Shakes. Simple oh Shakes. Uh, <laughs> I believe it was my junior year college. All right. Uh, we came up with a recipe. We proposed it to the dining services. They gave us Thursday nights. Um, eventually, the whole thing ended. Okay. Um, on bad terms. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, I didn't shake know that or drama. I wouldn't have brought it up. Shake I didn't drama. know there could be such a <laughs> thing as drama. shake drama. That's crazy. We, uh, we could not make money uh, because we were student athletes. Sure. Uh, so we had to make a club and the funds that we made, which was only 40%, were donated to our club. But eventually, because we were a club, it had to be fair that other clubs could also participate in making milkshakes on Thursday nights. Aha! Uh-huh. So the school took our recipe, 
and distributed and gave it to the other clubs. And on what? Thursday nights, other clubs could fundraise by selling the same shake. And then eventually, they, no one wanted to do it anymore, so they came back to us and said, "Hey, can you guys yeah. continue selling shakes? Because it was a hit. I mean, we had 150 people coming through, and." It, Four hour span. And it was what? it was booming. This we had to kind get, of blowing my mind. We had, right to get there, <laughs> we had to get there two hours early and make pre like, make some shakes, fifty or sixty shakes, and put them in the freezer. And then when people came in, we'd add mixins and kind of remake them. Did you put fun stuff in it? Of course. <laughs> All right. All right. So what I'm proposing then is that uh, let's say late August, so real pure summer. We're gonna have you back on the show and we're gonna have it out at my house and we'll make some shakes. Okay. At the right. house, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll buy the materials and we'll uh, we'll have the wives out for the show yeah. and we'll do the, we'll make some shakes. Ironically, I texted both of those guys earlier tonight. Oh, really? Told them to tune into the podcast, so. Absolutely, uh, well, I honestly. They're gonna love the shout out. All right, when I tell shakes. you. When I tell you that I can't reveal my sources, I can reveal my sources. It was uh, an article that I found. If you Google your name, it's like 26 deep. The uh, article on David. Really? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a Davidson School uh, article. Okay. Uh, for the school pe uh, website or newspaper or whatever. Okay. But uh, I did a I did a brief Andrew Delalo deep dive That's and crazy. I. Uh, did you find any I do that school, for all of our did guests. Did you find any high school highlight videos on there? Too? I didn't do, go into video okay. because we made that mistake with Pat McMahon and there was a video of him trying to make bean dip. Yeah, and it's yeah. it was. He's find a video awkward. probably of my brother who was a punter at Colorado. Okay. Getting absolutely clobbered. Uh, he hits about a 55-yard punt. Okay. And the guy returns it and just levels him. Oh. And anytime anyone searches Delalo on YouTube, that's what comes that's up. What comes oh, up. Where did your brother? Part of that was they cut to commercial afterwards. And I'm watching the game with my mom, and she is freaking out because. Her baby. I mean, he's he's got <laughs> now, a word from our sponsors. <laughs> yeah. What 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 school did your uh, brother play? University for? of Colorado. Colorado. So he was a Buffalo. Yes. That's that's not a that's not a inconsequential two, football two school. Two older brothers. The other okay. one went to uh, Yale. It's a school in the Northeast. Never heard of it. Yeah. No. Not very good academically. I can't imagine. Yeah. Probably easy to get into. Very, if you pay a lot of money to <laughs> to uh, someone to take the SAT. For oh, you, it's Felicity Huffman. Wow. Oh. Wow. How topical of you. <laughs> I've never heard of that school though. It's, uh, it sounds weird. it sounds funny. They rode boats and eat ivy. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Yesterday was Rex Manning Day. Yeah, that's hilarious that you just did that. Okay, uh, Andrew, you are. Uh, you're still a young man, and you've got this pretty important role with a uh, pretty prominent second division soccer club, mm -hmm. uh, and therefore one of the more prominent soccer teams in this country at this point. Mm -hmm. We talked to Danny a couple of weeks ago, Danny mm -hmm. Cruz, you may have heard of him. Uh, I think I know, yeah. Uh, we talked to Danny about what his long-term goals were in the, the game of soccer, and uh, he, he basically said that he was sort of open to anything and that he was really enjoying what he was doing now, but he realized his age and the position he's already attained, that there were gonna be a lot of doors open to him. There have gotta be something similar for you. Is there, if, if tomorrow we got to offer you any job in the sporting universe, what job sounds the most awesome to you? This might sound... I'm consistently challenged every day in the job I'm in. Okay. Which makes me think I still have a lot to learn. 
I, I completely understand that. And Let's say that you learn it all. Correct. I, I hear what you're saying. Okay. And I've always thought I could potentially maybe get to the point of being a GM or mm -hmm. being an athletic director at a college or something. Oh, sure. And, That'd be cool. But like I said, I mean, Louisville City's growing so fast. And even if you just look at stuff that we do on game day that we're trying to change and perfect, it's consistently challenging and, and I love that portion of my job because I think you grow the most when you're uncomfortable and mm -hmm. for sure that's definitely the case. So. That's why I'm so tall. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that, that's a fantastic answer to that question and uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear you say that and I think that most City fans will be thrilled to hear you say that because one thing that's tough and we're learning it from the player side and now also from the coaching side and we've also learned it from team presidents that for a young club that's had as much success as we have, there are a lot of people that A, want to emulate the success of Louisville City, mm -hmm. and B, if you can't emulate it, they just want to steal it. Yeah. And so you see people like Brandon Morris, who is such an important part of this club, leave for another USL team. You see pr team presidents leave and go to other uh, go to other exciting adventures, and you see our head coach move up to MLS, and several of our players move up to MLS. And uh, it's, it's a supreme challenge to keep young, hungry, talented people yeah. here when you're going to continue to have some level of success and somebody's going to want you. Yeah. And so it's always important to hear that people uh, want to be around because uh, that's, I think, the thing that endeared people most to Hack when he first showed up was, I'm, I've been in the MLS. I don't want to go back there. I want to be here. Yeah, and he's definitely, his, one of it, I think one of his best uh, traits to work for him is that he is not afraid to delegate something that might be potentially above your pay grade to you. Yeah. And you can see that with Danny, you can see that with me, you can see that with anyone that kind of works with him closely. He's not afraid to give you a bigger role and challenge you. And that's one of the main reasons I actually ended up coming here because I knew what I was getting myself into working with him mm -hmm. versus whether it was continuing to work for U.S. soccer or find something else. Like I knew I would be challenged day in and day out. So Yeah, when you've got a job that you just feel like, ah, I've got this locked. It's harder to get up for it every day, and that's Correct. that's exciting. What um, what's been your favorite thing just about living in Louisville in general? Like, what do you like to do in the city? I'm I'm a pretty I I don't usually admit it, but like I'm kind of turning into a runner. Yeah. Um, He's kind of turning into a runner. <laughs> He's kind of turning into a runner. It's not the same way that you and I would kind no, of No, if runner, Andy and I not. kind of turned into runners, we'd go run like three miles yeah. in about 20 minutes and be like, hey, we're really we're yeah. getting this down. Andrew, explain to Andy and our audience what it is you're going to be doing in a couple of weeks and what you're training for now. I'll run the half for the Derby Festival. Um, I'm shooting the Beat My Brother's Time, who uh, is a pretty big marathoner. His, his time is a 119. An hour and 19 minutes to run 13 damn miles. Um, I don't think I can do it. Hey, I am not with that attitude. That attitude well, yeah, like, I am for sure going to collapse before I don't do it. So. That's, the, that's yeah, what you like talking. to hear. Um, but yeah, I, I've kind of turned into a runner. I, I ran uh, 250 miles in October in Louisville. Um, pretty crazy feat. I do this contest every year with my brother and a couple of friends and 
it's whoever runs. Do you and your brother just hate each other? <laughs> <laughs> It's this whole idea of like competition. I, yeah. I don't know. It's competition. Like you compete against someone and you don't like losing. I don't like losing. So that's well, why we play Settlers good. of Catan. Yeah. Okay. It's a similar kind of deal. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about the uh, ping pong uh, controversies that go on in the We have heard. And we have the uh, open open challenge. Yeah, yeah. Open. Yeah. Uh, you guys do doubles? Hall's been. There's no space in there for doubles. It's really. Uh, a then tight then on shake night, everybody's coming shake to my night. house. We're doing it. Shakes and ping pong. Well, actually, my, the two co-founders of Simple Shakes will be in town for the Derby half. Oh, that's exciting! So they will they will also be running it. Oh my uh, God! One will be running the marathon. That is not what you expect from guys who have no. been a shake company. You're like, oh yeah, they probably look like me. No, they don't. I'm already I can tell. Uh, an hour and nineteen. Now I will we'll, we'll segue into a little bit of purple stuff here. I'll, I'll point out that you can go on Kentucky. Uh, you can go to Kentucky Derby Festival, you can go to LouisvilleCityFC.com, or you can go to LouisvilleParksFoundation.com, or .org, I think they are, and uh, you can uh, pledge some money for Andrew and uh, be true. able to help his time in a race against the other people in the race from right. Louisville City. So people from our organization running that race include Andrew and Coach Hack. Correct. And... Uh, Brad Gordon from our sales department, and you may have runner. you may have heard of this fella named Brad Estes, who is training for it. I've never, I and, don't uh, know. Mario Sanchez. Mario's gonna do it. I, I think he's on that list too, right? Oof. Mario, I know, has trained less than everybody else because of his uh, his uh, travels back and forth to St. Louis. But uh, I, I, he's a fit guy. I, I completely I believe in his ability. Mario, yeah, I want to say there's one more person. It might be Pat Dembo. Pat Denbo is the is other one. You're very right. So all of my bosses are running this. Uh, I fortunately joined the staff just after they'd registered, and they kept saying, you know, you can still register. And I was like, I, I wasn't here sure. when you guys did. It's so terrible. That I can't be too late, right? It's too late. Andrew's it's far, too late. far, it's far too late. Not too late. No, but you can go to any of those three locations, the KDF Marathon website, the Louisville City FC website, or the uh, Louisville Parks Foundation website and uh, pledge some money to Louisville Parks Foundation uh, under the names of each of our, uh, our competitors from Louisville City, and uh, that will help uh, defray some of their time. Now, obviously, it won't affect their official time with the race, but uh, we will crown a winner from the Louisville City uh, contingent based on not only how well you ran it, but then if you, if you pledge a dollar or whatever for Andrew, that takes off a second or whatever it is. I think it's... Uh I think it's a minute per one hundred dollars. Oof! So you uh, to wow. to, and I also know that some of the guys have raised several hundred dollars already at this point Correct. and have uh, shaved some time off. This is leading the pack. That's shocking to me. Actually, it is a little shocking that Hack isn't farther ahead on that because people love Brad, but they also love Hack. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, let's move straight into actual purple stuff. Andy, I see your glass is mostly uh, it's okay. mostly cached, but let's uh, cheers, right. have a little bit of purple stuff, get to some news and notes. And, uh, all right, so news and notes. You got anything for us? No. Okay, so you're useless to me. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm here to uh, criticize you. Okay, well, everybody... I'm sure was an abysmal performance in the World Cup. All right, so that's the first bit of news and notes is that, uh, listen, I'm, I'm not naive, so let me just say as, uh, as perfectly as I can, 
the black sheep put on a great tournament. Mm -hmm. I was super proud of the black sheep and uh, what they did. Uh, there may or may not have been some controversy around these guys over the last couple of weeks, but uh, that doesn't do anything to dismiss the idea that they ran a great tournament. They raised over $1,400 for a great cause in Kentucky Refugee Ministries. And uh, it's, it's acts like that that make me proud to be associated with them uh, most of the time. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I feel about almost everybody. I'm only proud to be associated with you most of the time, Andy. <laughs> and so... Uh, it's probably like 96, 97. Hey, I'm not going to try to judge on that. I'm just going to say that uh, the Black Sheep, seriously, Eric Belmonte, mm -hmm. guys, you did a, ran a great tournament. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I can't remember who won. Was it, was it Scouse's house, Andy? Did Scouse's house win this tournament? I mean, I don't know. Okay, Andy wasn't there because he wasn't invited, and he's bitter about it. I think I saw it. a picture on Twitter. There may have been. No, we won the Wool Cup. The uh, the Louisville City front office won the Wool Cup. Who played? All right, so in the first game, which we played outdoors, uh, Danny Cruz was a cheat code. It was unfair. Uh, he, See, he, no, he put a, a he put a he put a burn. This is ridiculous. He put a burn on uh, on a very good against the grain team who ended up making it to the, I think the semifinals in this tournament. And uh, Danny, it was it was it was it was fun to watch from my position as goalie. But no, um, in that game we also had Campbell Brewer who played very well. We had TC the intern. We had Asher the intern. We had Kip the intern. Uh, we had Jared and Gabe from Sales, and uh, we had Kevin Kernan helping us out uh, because we were afraid of uh, being short. Andrew did not make it in time for the first game, so uh, missed that win. But uh, he was there for the remainder of the tournament, and Andrew, I think, had there been an MVP vote for the tournament, Andrew would have been your guy. That. He was... Uh, Every time he was on the field, he was the best player on the field at any given time. It's almost like he's spent his adult life around soccer and his young life playing soccer. Uh, he was extremely, extremely good. And uh, But also, the other guys on our team were, some guys surprised me with how well they played, uh, some guys I hadn't seen. And then uh, some of the guys were more athletic than I would have initially given them credit for. And I was the oldest player on the team by nine years. <laughs> And uh, I played keeper because I don't run. And uh, we, we did. We found a way to win each of our games and uh, held on for a 2-1 win in the final over a very game Deer Park Rangers team. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Good tournament. It was, it was yeah. I was actually very impressed. Uh, the final was a very good tactical display on uh, Blue City's part. The, we went up early and imagine that we took the uh, <laughs> we took the four corners, go figure we took the four corners offense yeah really good possession we, this was not bunkering we just kept the ball I was really kept the ball and drew them out and got a second goal and we're, I think they scored with forty seconds left yeah they scored very late to make it two one but I mean we just controlled that game I'm gonna be honest with you I would say I was proud of you. I am not. <laughs> so Scouse is I am not. It sounds like a team full of ringers. Cruz playing. Cruz no, no. was not there. Only played the first two games. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Playing all right. at all. Not fair. And, Frankly, and nothing against Asher. But no. the guy hasn't played soccer in maybe 14 years. Since he was like five years old. And he's all legs. And I think he's... I think he missed the ball more than he kicked the ball. That's distinctly possible. <laughs> And so we had we had good players. We frankly, though, I think that if you had taken 
uh, Danny and Andrew out of the mix, we would have been a competitive team that would have still been around towards yeah. the end of the tournament. I don't think we would have won the tournament without losing a game the way we did. Here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm tired of hearing about it. Yeah. You're playing next year? I'm playing next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to start training now. I know. I'm playing next year, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to uh, David. I'm going to talk to David, Scouts of Dallas Vice President. I'll talk to anybody I can and see what I need to do. You got to get on a rec league team. You got to get out there. And frankly, first, you just have to kick something, because I have never seen you kick anything in our entire history together. I don't want to curse too much, but it's fucking glorious. <laughs> the, the, I think the hardest part of the tournament was the fact that you had to play five games to get to the final. Yeah, it was a very long and day. fitness I'm fine with was that. a key piece to that final I'm game. I'm fine with that. I can do that. Because we had a couple... TC, intern currently... I mean, the guy is straight out of college. Mm-hmm. Division one soccer. Yeah. Very fit. That's Darn funny. it, I was hiding the fact that there was another ringer in there. Yeah, I know. And to last that long throughout the day, it's not easy. I'm going to be honest with you, next year, your boy TC, I'm going to eat him alive. <laughs> you are about a foot taller than he is, but still, no, it was it was a really cool tournament. And I think that you should play. It was a great experience. Scouse's house had a uh, another rough year in the Wool Cup. Um, not next year. No, they, not next year. This is they, what position would you be playing? Yeah, what position are you going to go in? All of them. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> You're going to be a destroyer all over yeah. the field. I believe Monster the appropriate ball. term is goon. Okay. <laughs> there are several of those in this tournament, also. So you won't. You'll be in good company. Sorry, the shortest shorts you've ever seen. I believe is that, that about actually you? a minimum standard for shorts <laughs> in the tournament. What is uh, it? It's only two inches above the knee or two inches below the knee. What? Yeah. There's a referee. The referee checks with a with a slide rule. The, the team would get fined about three hundred fifty dollars. I think if you if you Andrew, don't don't. I swear to God. It goes to charity. Though, so I mean, it's okay. You can wear the shorts. I'll go to charity. <laughs> but it's per game. Yeah. So I mean, really plan Just this consider wisely. Consider it. You know. Uh, no, the World Cup was really great. Again, kudos to everybody who participated. There was a team from the Coopers, a team mm-hmm. from Scouse's House, Against the Grain, Saints. Uh, there was uh, two teams from the Black Sheep uh, and Deer Park Rangers played for the first time this year and they were our opponents in the final a mm-hmm. uh, lot of frankly some really good soccer and some really bad soccer like you're always going to see at a tournament like this that it ran the gamut and frankly from minute to minute it might be really good soccer and then really terrible soccer yeah. uh, but it was a lot of fun it's a, it's a marathon do? Coopers had their worst year in the uh, World Cup. They uh, were eliminated before the semifinals. I think they beat Scouse's house and lost their other two games. And so uh, their toughest, their toughest uh, appearance thus far. And they, man, Coopers, Scouse's house should have had them. It was 2-1 Coopers, and I'd say between the two of them, McGuffey and uh, David had like three or four shots on goal, and they just uh. couldn't put one home. Uh, real chances in on the keeper on Alex Minor and uh, oh, Alex well, and Jesus. Alex denied him. But anyway, so that was the Wool Cup. Uh, we're happy to bring the trophy home. It is. Uh, I know I, sh- I I tweeted the picture of it being in between the two U.S. Open Cups. It is not seated there in the uh, trophy room, but it is in the trophy room. So uh, <laughs> that's good enough for me. It's sitting next to what I believe is called the 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 late uh, the, the, the gravy the lady. gravy cup yeah. or something like that, which was a uh, a ladle awarded to Mario for community service. Um, let's see here. Uh, we need to talk about Elijah real quick. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't have a lot of other big news for this week, so let's talk. Let's let's actually do a little bit of a dive on Elijah because uh, this is super important for the future of this club and for the current of this club. And we've got Andrew here, and we won't have another chance to ask what uh, what this guy looks like. So uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's start with let's start with the idea that we signed our first academy player, our first player to an academy contract. His name is uh, Elijah Winder, and he currently plays at Collegiate and for Ohio Elite. He's been training with the team for a couple of year for a couple of weeks. Correct. Uh, and on and off. Okay. Uh, he's 16 years old, I believe. I think he's the middle brother of three quite good soccer-playing brothers, uh, one of whom is about to start at UofL uh, on scholarship to play soccer, and one of them, uh, I have been reliably told, is similar in quality that already. One of the largest afros I've ever seen. It is a giant afro on the good. little brother. Uh, but uh, that will also be of that same quality when he uh, reaches full maturity. But He's 16, and he will wear number 61 if he is to feature in a game. Okay. He'll be number 61 All if right. he play. So do we have the jersey made just in case? The jersey is made. Okay. Um, well, that's exciting. So if I was, if cool, I was a 16-year-old kid and I had a professional jersey, even if I didn't see a minute of field action, I'd be crazy excited about that. Uh First person signed to the academy for Louisville City. Uh, obviously, there's not a brick-and-mortar academy at this point. There, it, it doesn't exist. Uh, but what needs to exist before you can have all of that is sort of an infrastructure for it. And Mario is doing a great job of cultivating relationships with all of the different club bosses from around town, with the universities and the high school coaches. Uh, making sure that he know that everybody knows that we're not trying to you know steal their kids. We're trying to help provide them another avenue uh, that Elijah is going to still be able to play for his high school. He's retaining his college eligibility. He's still going to be able to play for Ohio Elite. So I mean, this is it's just an additional opportunity for him to train with professionals and uh, to get training from professional coaches and uh, also to if. We happen to have a spot for him to call him up and potentially play in a couple of games this year with the with the senior club. Mm-hmm. It's fortuitous timing because you know, come on, we're we're very shorthanded, and having somebody who could theoretically be eligible this week or next week to play with the squad is important because of uh, the small number of players we'd even have on our bench right now. But also, it's just it's massively important for where this club needs to go in the long run. And uh, having a player of his quality and a player of his, uh, my understanding is a player of his character, uh, to be the first academy player for Louisville City is really, really exciting. And it's, it He's speaks to the. He's definitely excited. And his family's definitely, I mean, I, I saw them yesterday and met with them for a little bit. And they're definitely excited. They know, they know it's just the first step and potentially, you know, whatever his career may look like. And mm. they definitely still value him going to school and him still playing with Ohio Elite and him still being a kid. I mean, that's a major part of sure. growing up. And uh, I'm excited, too, to just see how this continues to grow because... Well, what kind of player are we getting? I don't need to know positionally where does he play because I feel like that if that wasn't in the article that that's maybe a little shrouded in mystery. It's not... Totally a mystery. I mean, he's okay. a midfielder slash forward. He's definitely creative. I mean, he's if you watch him in training, he's he's creative. And he's, the first couple of times he came out, he was definitely shy. So you, sure. you didn't see a lot of that. But, I mean, he's six foot tall. He's 16 years old, and he's six foot tall. So Jeez. That's super annoying to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
as the only person at this table under six feet tall. That's super He's annoying to me. He's still growing into his body, so he has some lanky movements where you don't even really know what he's doing. With it. And I don't even know if he really knows what he's doing because sure. he's trying to learn his body at that point. But but he's holding his own in practice with uh, grown men? I I don't think we would have assigned, signed him to an academy deal if, I don't, if he wasn't holding his own. That's so. awesome. And uh, – uh, Putting aside whether or not he could theoretically play in the next couple of weeks, because I know there's still some hurdles with the USL League office about that, and uh, so I, I, I won't ask you to, to project on that. But I will ask, uh, if he were to play, would you expect him to be competitive and effective in the USL at this point, or would it just sort of be, wow, we needed depth? That's a great question. Um, I... I don't think I can fully answer that okay. without giving away too much to the uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies or Ottawa Fury or whatever teams we're playing in the next couple of weeks. Sure. But, uh, I'm excited to see just his growth. And I mean, the USL started this sort of academy affiliation program where you can kind of start to build your academy by partnering with local clubs. And I know they're excited about it. I talked with some of the people at the league this week, telling them about what we're doing and they're definitely excited. They wanted to kind of co-release, you know, when we released it. So it's definitely something that we're looking to do, not just Elijah, but potentially other players in the area where we continue to grow this academy. And Mario is obviously a great piece of that. And he's built a lot of relationships from when he was here in the past and still now. I mean, he does clinics every week, I think. Oh, not just every week, yeah. darn near every day. So. It's exciting because you're getting the youth aspect of Louisville City and a lot of teams, clubs in the area are getting to see that piece. And with the new stadium coming and all these opportunities for kids to get involved, it's, it's definitely exciting. And he's just the first, I think, of many to come. So That's, that's awesome. I, yeah. I think that everybody who is a soccer fan and a, specifically a fan of Louisville City FC knows that to become a truly great soccer organization, uh, an academy as a as a bedrock for that is massively important. Yeah. And so, seeing the first couple of steps being taken in that direction is just crazy exciting. I don't want fans to think though, like this. It's not like he's nothing against his credit at all, but this it's not a professional contract. Right. You know, yeah. Right? He's not being signed to the team, but uh, frankly, I'm more he excited is eligible about it. to play for the team for right. sure, 100. percent but he would not be being paid to play for the team yeah. and uh, he would because he's got to keep his eligibility, eligibility and all that. Sure. Still such an exciting first step yeah, because of what an academy awesome. means for any uh, program going forward. And that, it's just a nice to see that steps going forward. Uh, other couple of really quick things that I wanted to mention is uh, we signed our deal with AEG, who's going to run the new stadium for us, essentially. Uh, Everything I'm seeing about AEG, everything I've read since we signed the deal, says that they are as good as it gets in this industry in terms of uh, how to, in terms of stadium operations and uh, making sure that everything is done properly. I'm excited to see what well, they do. They do Yum do. Center too, don't they? They do Yum yeah. Center, and frankly, Yum Center for all of what you can say about it, you can't say that it's poorly poorly yeah, run, yeah. and so that's that's exciting. Um, uh, so AEG signed their deal. That's exciting and good stuff. And then uh, finally, before we cut on out of here, I want to say that I took the, for the first time, I took the VR tour of the new stadium. I did that as well. I took the VR tour of the new stadium, and, man, it's fire. It is that as well. it's phenomenal. It's pretty cool. 
if you happen to have any kind of a relationship with Brad Estes, all of you out there, if you have any kind of a relationship with Brad, get a hold of this guy and see if you can come to the VR tour because it is freaking awesome. And uh, I was standing in Scouse's house less than four hours ago, just standing in it, yeah. looking at the field, looking at the bar, looking at the stadium board. It's freaking fire, man. It's just fire. I was standing in it, and uh, you can't, you can't, you can't buy that. Like uh, the the feeling that you get from somebody who people like us who have gotten to support this <laughs> Brad, team from the beginning, the VR, bro. and what that feels like to to be walking around in the new stadium. I walked out to I walked out to midfields to the middle of the field, and just oh my god, it's. I, I don't care. I know I do this every week now, and I'm not going to stop telling you every week how excited I am about this stadium because you can't put a you can't put a price tag on what it means to fans, especially long term fans who who live it and breathe this club to the point where they've wanted to go and get a job with this club. Mm-hmm. That uh, it's, it's how pretty, exciting it is. Pretty cool. I mean, I I try and run that big four bridge, and if you go off the bridge. And- you can just see the structures coming up, and it's exciting. I won't be shocked if people do some tailgating at. Uh, I will not be shocked if people do some tailgating actually out on the Big Four lawn. Yeah. Uh, you fail to realize how close the Big Four lawn is. It's got to be amazing. It's basically yeah. across the street. Yeah. Yeah. So, everybody, uh, a yeah. lot of good stuff coming up on the horizon. Hopefully, a, a win in Tampa would uh, ease some frustration for some people. Yeah. But if you can't tell from this conversation, I'm nowhere close to panic mode yet about this team. A little bit. And uh, so those of you out there who are, I'm ashamed of you. Uh, <laughs> but but please keep listening. And, please, <laughs> and also please keep coming Maybe to the games. Maybe you shouldn't so, insult like the five people that listen to this. Those five people are insult proof. Uh, Andy and I only ever have one way we finish a podcast, Andrew, and that is uh, by saying a very simple sentence. It's two words, and it tells the entire story of our world, and that is... Go City!